0: Welcome in to the Lions, Den, I'm Tom Hackett, alongside Spencer, the Gov, Warn, No Maddie Gash, or Taron Meyer today. As uh, well, they're busy. It's a busy week in RSL So we got uh, we got Mitch, Mitch Rodriguez, I believe.
1: Is that how you pronounce your last name, Mitch? I just say Rodriguez. I don't roll my R's like that.
0: You don't roll your R's like that. Geez, you're you're very quiet. Am I? In fact, like you're you're so quiet that we can bear. I can barely even hear you. Anyway, we'll figure it out. Okay. If, uh, if it's too quiet, don't worry. I'm behind the board again this week, so that's why uh, things are going to go horribly today. Normally we have Trevor, but well, we haven't invited Trevor back for two weeks now, so that would be why. Uh,
2: it was we got on be- purpose, to be honest with you, because, uh, yeah, we just don't like him.
0: Well, yeah, we love
2: him, but
0: anyway, we don't move- like
2: him, but we love him.
0: Right. Mo- moving Miss on. You, Trev. Don't be Mo- too mean. Moving on, guys. Uh, recap of the 1-1 draw. It was boring and uh, very bland. <laughs> so we'll be quick, we promise. That was the recap.
2: It was boring.
0: And very bland.
2: And very bland. And very bland. Yeah, so Narosil played
0: timid. And uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, Petkey had some thoughts after the game that I think are worth talking about. Club update, as we do every week. And then they've uh, they've got the Leagues Cup. The inaugural Leagues Cup. Um, starting Wednesday evening against Tigres, uh Liga MX uh, team that are very, very good, mind you. And then they play, the, play FC Dallas this upcoming Saturday on the road. So it's a very, very busy week in RSL land. Um, so, lots to talk about, lots to dive into. But first, lads, we will go to uh, Minnesota United. Uh, Mitch, you're the guest. You're our guest. So we'll start with you uh, very, very quickly, because I, I really don't want to talk about this for too long what what were your thoughts
1: uh it was a difficult game to watch in my opinion it was a little bit boring and sluggish um especially after we beat philadelphia union for nothing last week and then we come back and barely tie against minnesota it's, it's a little tough to to swallow
0: very much so yes no i uh, i agree with you there it was Horrific. It was really boring. I, I tweeted out in the first... By the way, sorry, I we, I haven't done a full intro on Mitch. Mitch is uh, one of the hosts on the RSL show.
1: That's correct. Yeah, yeah
0: so if, <laughs> if, you, if you don't listen to the RSL show, please go ahead and do so. You can find them wherever you find your podcasts. They are a little more aggressive with their approach to RSL. They uh, kind of dive in, tell you how they really feel. Uh, look, we are blessed to have Maddie Gash and Taron Meyer occasionally on board, and so we do have to be somewhat careful and cautious as to uh, uh, what we think about RSL. Spinner might disagree.
2: We, we, you have to be PG today, Mitch. I know you've got a filthy potty mouth usually. You, you, you actually, it's Josh that's the worst, really, isn't it?
0: Spenner, you can't talk.
2: We have a bleat button for a reason.
1: Yo, you've been on. You, you've been on our podcast.
2: I think I haven't sworn.
1: Uh, you're f- pure filth. <laughs> yes, you
0: are pure filth, very, very nicely said there, uh, Mitchell. But anyway, yes, go check out the RSL show. they have been. How many episodes in are you guys?:
1: We're, We did uh, 171, so 171 wow. episodes. yeah, so you got and you started how, how long ago? So I, I, I joined Josh and Jake in, two years ago um ourselves looking at a dutch guy who's from well i'm dutch so that's why they got me on um so they were looking at a dutch guy they asked my opinion and then they asked me to come on the podcast and i never left very cool so it's it's
0: yourself jake josh and then andy muñoz behind yes. the ones and twos yes
1: yes and sometimes he talks sometimes he sometimes talks, he talks but very rare yeah we try to keep it to a minimum
2: you gotta, you gotta keep andy because he's got such a massive head Right, because he thinks he's the Lord and Savior of the RSL show, when it really it's just these three guys. So uh, yeah, well, love yeah, you, Andy.
0: Yeah, we do, we, we do appreciate you, Andy. But uh, anyway, moving forward. So okay, uh, Spinner, your uh, thoughts on the one-one draw?
1: <laughs>
0: boring.
2: I, we got fireworks off the pitch when the the fireworks went off, right? So no, it was it was boring. I would have loved three points, wouldn't we all? But. I mean, as Mitch said, you know, after that four 0 victory against Philadelphia Union, you're expecting maybe not to reach the standards. It's very high hard, it's very hard to, to reach those standards week in, week out. But the drop off was alarming. And with the Mike Peck he worked out the guys too much during the week, I don't know. I think he's just taking that one on the on the for the team, so to speak. I thought it was poor. And uh I, I'm expecting with this game on Wednesday, uh, if you're listening tomorrow, today. Um, today's Tuesday. Yeah, today's Tuesday, but if they're listening tomorrow when it comes out, it'll be today, whatever. But back, back, back-to-back back games, these guys can handle three games in a week. Absolutely can handle three games in a week. And, but y- uh, y-
0: you don't worry that last week's game was, was something to look forward to for the next two games, considering?
2: No, no. I mean, you know, records are there be to be broken. I mean, we've been poor down in Dallas over the years. Um, so you know, the records are there to be broken, and I'm hoping that uh, that we can find a a way to win in that that horrible heat down in Frisco. But you know, the game, the next game is is against Tigres, a massive opportunity. You'd expect some changes from them, but we'd also expect a couple of tweaks here and there uh, with regards to RSL. Noah Powder being called up from the Monarchs, the right back. Uh, being called out from uh, from uh, the Monarchs to come and play with, um, or at least train, and be in the squad for RSL for Leagues Cup.
0: Well, you talk about, uh, you mentioned there, Mike Pedke. Mike Pedke had an interesting quote. After uh, after the game against Minnesota, he, he obviously talked about how he w- he's blaming himself, if you could shut that computer up. Thanks, Spinner. Uh, I'm still at work. So, okay, yeah, sorry. Um, he said that he... he, he took full responsibility for the loss. He thought he pushed them too hard. It was the first week where consecutive 100 degree days um, and it was hot and he thought maybe he he should have pushed uh, or or tapered the lads off a bit as opposed to push them, Um, which is interesting because they kind of played tired and and, uh, slow. I don't like using that word often, but they they did. They didn't look nearly the team they did against Philadelphia Union, so maybe that had something to do with it. I'm not quite sure. Mike Petkey believes so. In regards to the League's Cup, let's move forward because that game sucked. Uh, Minnesota sucked. Um, although Marcelo Silva, I guess we should give a, a quick shout-out to Marcelo Silva. Uh, I thought he was the man of the match. He scored the only goal for RSL uh, with his right peg after and Savarino bounced a ball in from the right wing. And uh, I also thought Marcelo Silva defended nicely as well. Do you guys have a, a man of the match in particular? Uh, and feel free to copy. I guess Marcelo was the easy pick. So uh, not many of the lads played very well, I guess. Um,
1: I think Brooks should get a little... Um, nod? Yeah, a little nod, because I think he played better than normal when he's a right back. Um, it's been There's been a few times where... You know, we don't really want to see him as a right back. And we, I'm talking, like, fans. Um, but, uh, yeah, he had that really good shot with his left foot on goal. Um, you loved that shot, didn't you, Michi? Well, yeah, no, I didn't know he had a left foot. That's the thing. I I was shocked. I was shocked that he, he belted that ball as hard as he did with his left foot. In the first half? In the first half, yeah. Just went over the bar?
0: Yeah. From distance, mind you? No, it was good. Way out of the box. Generated some power?
1: yeah. Rooks, oh. he can play. He's yeah, had he a very play. good
0: couple uh, last month, I'll say. Um, starting with the game at San Jose, where he was playing in his favorite position on the wing. Um, he was sensational. He was my man of the match that week, I believe, too. And then since then, he kind of has dropped back to right back just because they're they're short on players at the fullback yeah. position.
1: Yeah, I read a him up top all day.
0: Um, very much so. Yeah. Spenner, you're, you're man of the match?
2: Yeah, I mean it's uh, anyone on the back line. To be honest with you, uh, the back four I thought were okay, nothing special. But I mean, Marcelo will get the headlines because he gets the goal, uh, cracking finish for a centre back. Anyway, um, you know the, the half volley. Um, I thought Brooks was good. I thought Donny did okay. Um, got caught out a couple of times, but I thought he was very strong in the challenge. There was a couple of times he knocked over Mason Toy shoulder to shoulder and that's a that's a big boy that's that's a guy that's you know one seventy one eighty and uh you know six through six 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 two six three something what are like you that' in nowadays Benner? yeah form on a diet leave me alone um but i'm only six one so I look slightly more rotund than uh, mason toy anyway um I thought he played very well uh, he was strong. But, yeah, it was just, just lacklustre, really. No, it it just,
0: really was. There was uh, no space that was being opened in the attacking no, third. It, wasn't, it was horrible.
2: It wasn't. Uh, Albert was quiet. The black boots didn't do him justice. Bleached hair. Bleached yeah. hair, yeah. yeah um I thought Joao Plata was a spark I off agree. the bench. Um, I thought that he, his direct running really helped. Kind of stretched the back line. I think it was just a little bit too late. I think he should have had a good, you know... I don't know, when he come on about fifteen, ten minutes to go. He came was on it in
0: the seventy seventh minute?
2: Yeah, we probably need another good twenty. Well, another ten minutes probably to get warmed up. I mm-hmm. thought he might have uh, stretched the back line, but um, you know that's that, that's you know what we can talk about with regards to the substitute pattern. When we're when we're chasing the the winner and we looked comfortable chasing, but we ran out of ideas. We we took off an attacking player instead of a defensive midfielder one. I think we could have gone more defensive midfield. Uh, taking one of those guys out and, and put another attacker on. But, you know, hindsight's a great thing, right? Well,
0: yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. they say. What, what I've been confused with, and I guess I've been confused about this for a while now. Mike Petkey substitution pattern is something that I look at every week. I, I do the player reviews and, and grade everybody, including the gaffer Petkey. Um, he only used two substitutions against Minnesota. So he didn't even use all three. Uh, they they had a really poor first half in particular. I thought the second half was better, but the first half was really quite horrendous. Uh, The boys looked tired, they looked slow, they looked timid, they didn't look like they were as confident as they were a week ago, which makes no sense. Um, Yet, well, one, you only use two substitutions, and two, you, you you constantly are bringing on guys... Somewhere around the 80th minute, whether it's the 75th, 85th minute, but but that's kind of where he starts. And I know he brought on uh, he, he brought on Corey Baird, and, and I think it was the 56th minute. So that would indicate that he knew the players weren't playing well. Uh, but why wouldn't you use a second one a little earlier to use? You say because from a player's perspective, now I I haven't played for quite a while. But when you come on around that 75th, 85th minute, I mean it takes five, ten minutes just to get accustomed to the game. Let alone, let let alone trying to have an impact, right? So he's asking so much of these players off the bench to come in and have an immediate impact. When I I think that's an unreasonable ask, personally. Anyway, I don't know what what, did, what do you guys think?
2: Yeah, when you look at the bench though, what was left? You had a centre back in, in Eric Holt uh, that was left over, and then you had Nick Beasler and Luke Moore Holland. They definitely wouldn't. Then you got Tate Schmidt. And he Tate? was the I'd one. Love to see have a just, run. Just let him go at it, you know, and and maybe play two up top, Tate and Corey Bed. You could have had Savarin on the right, Jar on the left, and instead of having a number ten, you just have uh, Damier, kind of a hybrid, well alongside of of uh, of uh, Everton Louise. You know, maybe Carl drops off or, or Everton goes off, whatever you want to do. Um, but then the balance, and then you might have to worry about the balance. You know, this this is a Minnesota team that. Has done really well this season, and with ten minutes to go, do you go all out at home? I probably would have, but at the same time, does he protect a point against a a rival and not have that six point swing we're, as it is? We're four points behind the fourth place team that are that are Minnesota United. So, I think it was a little bit conservative. Um, I get it, but as a fan, I want to see all guns blazing at home.
1: But yeah, at home,
2: at home. Mitch, go ahead.
1: Well, I, I just got a follow-up question for Spano. Do you think that we should have reserved a few players for the game Wednesday?
2: For this game that's against Tigres? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I again, I still think that players can play three games in a week. and Not constantly. I mean, you see it in Europe all the time and they don't... I mean, outside of, you know, let's talk about Man City right now, yeah? I mean, outside of Man City, not many teams will we'll tweak as much as you think, and maybe one or two here and there. I think we will see some tweaks for for Wednesday night, but at the same time, Aaron Herrera was was suspended. I would imagine that if now Noah Powder starts at right back, that um, that Aaron will will slot in at left back. I imagine Andrew Putner will will play, um, and then you've Achua. got. To, I don't think he's in the squad. I think it's two goalkeepers. I oh, think it's okay. Putna and, and Nick Romando. I maybe. Uh, the troll was
0: on the bench for Minnesota. He and- was,
2: yeah. And he's absolutely the future. So I do, I do think there'll be tweaks here and there, but you don't want to get rolled over at home by a Mexican opposition. Um, again, some of my most favourite um, memories in Rio Tinto Stadium was the, the CONCACAF Champions League when Cruz Azul was coming in, uh, not so much Monterrey, but, you know, teams that have come in from Mexico. Where the vibe is completely different. I don't think it will be the same. I don't think that the ticket sales are tracking like they were in Champions League uh, play, and that's why I want us to get back in the Champions League because those are, the stadium was was different. You know the, the the rumbling of of the the fans and and the singing and and chanting and stuff like that. So um, I do think there'll be some tweaks here and there, but you know I, I think the spine will, will predominantly stay the same. Maybe Nick Beasley comes in for either Everton or or Kyle, I'm kind of eager to see how, how important it is. Now, money-wise, it's important to the club, right? I think we all get that. You can deny it as much as you want as an organisation, but the money that's coming from uh, Leagues Cup is going to be fantastic. Um, but how important is this tournament going to be in two, three years' time? Is right. it still going to be going?
0: Mike Petkey was uh, quoted after the game when he was doing a television, the television broadcast with DJ and Dunny. Uh, stating that, uh, quote, this organisation has made clear to me that we're taking the League's Cup very seriously, close quote. So, um, unlike maybe the US Open Cup, where we've seen Mike Pedke uh, rest a number of, of integral players to the starting 11, uh, it seems, from from an outsider looking in at least, that he's going to play a rather strong line up against Tigres on Wednesday evening. So, uh, only time will tell, but it's a guessing game at this point. There's no point wasting our time and, and your time as a listener kind of trying to figure out exactly who Mike Petke's going to play because we have no idea. But looking ahead to Tigres, this is a team that uh, was founded in 1960, so they're entering 59 years of existence. They've been in the top tier of uh, Mexican Football League MX their entire existence. They've won seven Liga MX titles. Uh, what else do you need to know? I think they've won like three Copa MX titles. So they they, they are
2: They're proud. bloody good. They're really they're, good. They're, let's put it that way. They're really a top-tier team. I mean, you look at their players, and uh, RSL fans will know Carlos Salcedo, who came through the academy, left. So he's a starting centre-back for Mexico and Tigres. I'd love to see him play against Real Salt Lake. I'd absolutely love it. But if he does, then uh, I fear for uh, for RSL because I think he's that good. There's a couple of players. I mean, obviously,
1: you've got Junior. Um,
2: uh, yeah, he got Gignac, who is you know comes over from France, plays you know top ish level in France with Marseille for for such a long time, and then comes over to to play in Mexico and, and becomes a, a championship winner. You know, I think I think they've got some really really solid players, and they'll be a really stern test. It will be. I uh, love it. I mean, I'm really excited. I know that some fans aren't excited, but I just love football, and I just want to see our guys, particularly our younger guys, Corey Baird, Brooks Lennon. You know, any Salcedo, any of the young guys that start, how they match up against these these internationals. Because not, we're not just talking Mexican players; we're talking players from Brazil, Colombia, um, Argentina, Chile. Uh, Chile. Yeah, France. You know these these are top quality players. That I think our players should be playing up against week in week out, because I think I think we do have a special core of the guys that have come through our academy. So I'm really interested to see what they do against these guys.
0: But we're also talking about guys that are playing international football as well. So Ziznak, for example, I probably butchered his name, but I'm not French, so is that hey, you're Dutch? It's close
2: enough.
1: Oui. I I don't know. I, I my French is terrible.
2: We oui? murdered. Uh, yeah, murdered. <laughs> <laughs> <Merde>. <laughs> Just swore. Yes, you, you might do. need to blake that out. I just swore in French.
0: I don't, uh, if I don't know what it don't means, don't say it again, Mitch. Okay. Oh, How do you pronounce his name? Gignac. Gignac. Yeah, that's close enough. Uh, anyway. But you
2: got Enner Valencia played at West Ham. Um, that is in Ecuadorian. He will know Joao Plata, right? So I mean, there's so many players. Jürgen Damn for for a couple of years was. Kinda of like the Speedster, the next the next go to guy that you thought Mexican that would be going to Europe and he got some he's had some horrific uh, hamstring injuries. I don't know if that's taken a little bit of him, but he was a player that that was uh played against RSL in the last time that RSL were in the um Champions League qualifying rounds. I think it was two thousand and sixteen. Um so yeah, there's there's so many players. You look at the squad up and down, and then you got the one that, that got away, Jesus uh Dunez. Uh, probably, no, no cent- central midfielder. He was almost, he was ready to join Real Salt Lake, and uh, there was there was some uh, some scandal that uh, RSL found out about and, uh, and pulled the plug. But you know, this is another guy that still plays regularly for, for Tigre, so we get an opportunity to see what we missed uh, on Wednesday night.
0: Mm, very nice. Uh, their manager Ricardo Ferretti plays a similar lineup. In fact, an almost identical lineup. Starting eleven to uh, RSL where four, two, three, one is the formation he plays. Uh now what is interesting and worth the conversation before we go to break is uh it's kind of a a tale of two teams here in the sense that RSL are you know, they they've got ten games or so left in their season and uh and they've got twenty something low twenty games under their belt, whereas uh whereas whereas Tigres have only played one game this year they 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 beat monarcus 4-2 at home uh oh. on Saturday just this past Saturday so Liga MX is only just barely started um and, and as you know it can take a couple games to kind of really find your foot uh, or your your footing and um and start playing a decent brand, so these guys are fresh, they haven't played much much soccer or football this season yet, whereas RSL are uh, right in the heart of their season, and uh, well, right in the heart of a playoff push as well, uh, they're on the bubble at the minute, they sit in 7th uh, in the West, FC Dallas the opponent this Saturday is one spot above them in 6th, just uh, two points clear. So uh, there's so much going on from that perspective as to how does Mike Petke handle all these games, three games in seven days, you're fighting for a playoff, but the organization and the management at RSL has told Mike Petke and the players that this is a cup that we are going to fight for and you're not going to treat it like the the, the US Open Cup. So there's a dynamic there that it's going to be fascinating to see how the players respond um, come come Wednesday evening, and you know they're coming off a game where they look slow, methodical, and tired. And uh, yeah, there's a ton going on, Mitch.
1: There is. Well, the thing with this with this cup, it's it's brand new, and a lot of fans are split in the middle. Like, are we going to take it serious, or are we not going to take it serious? The money coming in is going to be nice, but are we going to look like a joke? That's what a lot of people are worried about. And are we? wasting our players for this game to maybe not make it into the playoffs cuz we do want to make the playoffs.
0: Playoffs is priority actually. Yeah.
1: Think. But is this going to affect us in the long run with another extra game in between and maybe another one after this if we win it. Who knows. So I don't know, a lot of fans are are very very on the fence about about this cup. It's skeptical. It should it should tell you a lot about RSL
0: and what they're made of, I think at the end of the day. If if they play well against Tigres on on Wednesday then you know that they're uh, they're strong both mentally and physically and uh and and they should hopefully make the playoffs but look if they don't make the playoffs this year RSL that there is a chance that Mike Petkey's not around next year and I hate to say it because I, I I like the man a lot I respect him and uh and I sure hope he is but you know, there's no guarantee he hasn't had the type of success, I'm sure, ownership Deloitte Hansen and, and a few others uh, have expected. You know, they made the playoffs last year, got to the second round, but then kind of were no match for Sporting Kansas City in the home and away leg. So I just think, you know, Mike Petkin, the expectation on this season is so high. And then they spent a, a decent amount of money over the off season bringing in a few players, and they've helped, right? Everton Louise being the big one for me. Sam Johnson, when he's out there, is good. Uh, he's our best striker, there's no question. So the money's been spent, the expe- the expectation now is to make the playoffs and make a run for the playoffs and compete for an MLS Cup, and I just, you know, I would hate to see something like the League's Cup get in the way of that, uh, because it's a big couple of weeks. Uh, there are only a handful of games left. We're sitting with about 10 or so games left. I haven't done the math, but it's around 10 games. So uh, there are 34 games in a season. RSL have played 22 of them or something, so um you know the, the the games are going by pretty quick and and thin, so uh it's it 's a conversation that we could have for a long long time we uh, We do need to take a break uh I guess coming back on the other side but we 'll give you guys a club update some 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 fascinating news and conversation surrounding the monarchs who were making a rise up their standings, the Royals and how many people attended that game with uh, the return of the world cup. Trio. Uh, and then a look ahead to FC Dallas is all on the cards. So don't go anywhere, we'll be right back. And now, your Real Salt Lake Club Update! Brought to you in full by Matt Gash. That was um probably a lot louder than uh than it should have been. That probably burst our listeners' eardrums. So I do apologize. I do I do apologize. I don't know how to work the board. I just have buttons in front of me and they tell me when to push them and and what to do. But um anyway, so I apologize. Uh, uh club update. Let's run through these because there's a bit to get to. The Monarchs coming off a nil-nil draw against El Paso Locomotive. Uh they've got two games in hand. They currently sit in sixth spot. Boy, it was like a month ago they were in 15th, 16th, so they're climbing. That's a rise. What is that now? Like five, six unbeaten games, Speno. You keep an eye on the Monarchs pretty uh, tightly.
2: Yeah, but I didn't look. So yeah, but I think you're right. I think it's six. Six. I'll I'll double check and I'll uh, I'll just jump back on the mic when you're like mid sentence.
0: Who was it that uh, El Paso locomotive? That- Sebastian Velasquez. Velasquez. Yeah, think.
2: former RSL and Monarchs uh, player. Two two occasions there that he played uh, for the club. So yeah. good, good for him. I'm so glad that he's still playing soccer and and just come back from. Uh, uh, South Korea.
0: Very cool. So uh yeah, no, he's good fella and a uh, fella out of luck here at RSL, but he's playing Soccer Phil, Paso Locomotive, nil nil draw. Uh they go on the road to play the eleventh place San Antonio this Saturday. That'll be a six thirty game. Uh the Royals, man, the Royals are uh they're a fun team to keep an eye on lately. They're coming off a two two draw against the Portland Thorn. They did return their World Cup trio. Of Saubron, uh, O'Hara, and Christian Press, uh, they return to a crowd of fifteen thousand nine hundred thirty-one. So they're currently uh, kind of going toe-to-toe with RSL when it comes to ticket sales. I'm sure RSL just have them uh, barely. I think there was sixteen, seventeen odd thousand that attended the Minnesota game last Saturday. But regardless, sixteen odd thousand from the Royals suggests that. The women's game is in uh, full throttle and, uh, well, fans around the state of Utah in particular are loving what they're seeing. Now, they got one game in hand. They also sit in sixth place. They go to North Carolina to play the Courage, uh, who, by the way, are in second spot this Saturday at 8 o'clock. So they're traveling coast-to-coast for a big game in the, uh, what is that, the uh, UWSL, I believe. I, I forget the name of them all. So I do apologise. From RSL perspective, you've got Sam Johnson, Tony Beltram Nader Onohoa, they're all out injured. Onohoa's got this interesting dilemma where he was back in England. He's probably coming back to RSL pretty soon. He's got visa issues that he's been sorting out. So anyway, that's uh, that's strange. RSL sitting in seventh spot now, like we said earlier. So they're... Right there around the playoff bubble. And uh their next opponent, FC Dallas, two points clear of them in sixth. So a, a big match and potential to uh climb atop the Western Conference standings into uh into that playoff position. So uh and and like and like we've been talking about a fair bit, only only a handful of games left, ten or so games left. So it's few and far between and they've got to make more all count, which is why, part of the reason why I was really hoping uh Mike Petke would utilize all three substitutions on Sunday and really push for uh, Saturday so i really push for the three points because uh the difference between 3 and 1 point at this point of the year is uh it's big time and uh they uh, they got to go for it because uh you can't be missing the playoffs with uh, with a team of this caliber and uh and talent so anyway it's fascinating um anything else before we head to FC Dallas gentlemen
2: it is 6 unbeaten for the Monarchs uh, with 3 clean sheets in a row. Wow. Great great stuff.
0: They are uh, they're playing quite decent. Mitch, do you pay much attention to the Monarchs?
1: Um, not as much as I should. I probably should pay a lot more attention right, I'm to the Monarchs. You. It's it's hard. It's hard when you have so many well, we have 3 clubs in, in 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 Salt Lake itself. Um, it's hard to keep up. Yep. My attention span is not that great. So I just stick to one game mm-hmm. or one team, so it's RSL for now. Until we start tanking, and then yes. I'm then I'm out. I'm tapping out.
0: And then you'll go. Uh, you'll go to the Royals, I imagine first, and then the Monarchs. Uh...
1: Uh, yeah, probably. I just hope the the Royals can keep their attendance up, like they. It's like impressive. Yeah, no, that's super impressive.
0: There have been videos this season uh, of of fans at Royals games. In fact, I think it was the first home game of the year, which might have been the first game, where they they the the entire crowd, sixteen odd thousand of them, whatever. Four thousand short of a sellout. Did the Icelandic clap?
1: Yeah, for uh, for for Gunny.
0: For Gunny, yes. Um, but I thought I thought that atmosphere was really cool. Yeah. In no, fact, that atmosphere looked better than RSL's atmosphere.
1: Our, with RSL, we we go through dips because um there's a few games where we were the stadium was booming and I, I love it. I love it when 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 it's hard to talk yes. in the press box because the fans are so loud. I, I love that. Um but yeah, I hope I hope the Royals can keep these attendance numbers up and uh yeah, I just hope I don't know. It would be it's nice. It's hard. It's it's yeah, it would be nice cuz the, la- the ladies deserve it. They they really do and they had a great run in the World Cup. So Let's fingers crossed that. But you're Dutch, Mitchell. Yeah, I know. It That's w- all right. I'm still heartbroken a I'm little sure bit. But we'll move on. But uh,
0: my my issue with RSL is, uh, and the fans in particular. And hopefully I don't touch a nerve here. But there's no unity when it comes to RSL fandom. Like there, there's no there's no full Rio Tinto chance that everybody gets involved. Yeah, in.
1: they're trying to do it. They're trying to create the riot. Which is South Goal, where most of the they want to move most of the hardcore fans to. Um, A lot of people don't want to move. People in thirty five, twenty six, as it's a great view of the of the pitch, and why why move? Sit if you want to sit, Uh, you can sit. Yeah, thirty five. The front rows don't sit. No. So pretty much everybody in thirty five has to stand up. But um, yeah, the unity. It's an issue for me, especially as a European football lover. Um, You know. My hometown team, Feyenoord, Rotterdam, um, it's unity all across the board. One 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 side of the stadium starts singing, the whole stadium sings the same song. Here at RSL, we got LaBara playing their drums, other people trying to do their chants, and it's just, it, it it's such a weird mix sometimes. It and does not work. It does not. and But also, like, the sound doesn't really travel as well in the stadium. Right. You know, it's wide open. Right. There's no bubble around it, so... I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that needs to change at Rio Tinto before we get that atmosphere that we're looking for. But it's there. It's just not consistent. Sure. Just like the team. It's not consistent, so the fans are not consistent. Yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty valid point, I guess.
0: Inconsistency has been something that uh, RSL has struggled with now for not only this year, but really for, uh, well, since I've been around. And I've been around since 2012-odd they uh they've been up and down the, the, the entire time so i i don't know why either it's kind of hard to pinpoint
1: it's it's very hard to pinpoint we we've, we've been trying to dissect it for 2 years now and it's it's impossible you
0: know what's interesting especially about this team um is that when you look at their starting 11 they they're, they're good like they've got good players all across the board in my opinion you know from sam johnson when healthy Demir mia i mean the front Five, six, seven, whoever's playing, you know, you, the list goes on. Jefferson Tavarino's a star in the making. Bofo Salcedo's showed a ton of promise this season. He's very young. Albert ruznak he's been linked to Premier League teams. He's that good. Demir Krylax, uh, you know what, you're getting with him every week. Uh, I talked about Sam Johnson. He's the best striker RSL's had since... Uh, Sabarillo, which was 2015, so that's four years ago. Midfield, I think Carl Beckman's getting older, but he's putting in a decent shift this year. Everton-Louise is sensational. I love everton He's so, he's so yeah. good. And Seven, then the back four, you look at the back four, I think the fullbacks are a weakness right now, personally, and that's probably the only weakness in the game. Maybe goalkeeper as well, and I say that with all due respect, but Nick Romano's just old. He's in his last year.
1: Yeah, he's in his last year, but out of... All the three keepers that we got, he's still the best. I would right? I would I would agree. Yeah. So it, it's hard to replace him with Putna, even though I like what Putna brings. I'm really excited for Ochoa, and see what he brings. He's looking good. I saw him on the sideline. Right. He lost some weight. Looks. I heard he's been hitting the gym too, so he's gaining some gains, which he's, is good.
0: He, he. It's going to be a decent battle between him and Ochoa, I think. Yeah. Uh, during this next uh, preseason. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something to keep an eye on. And then I guess going back to the start eleven and how I think that they're, they're quite strong is the, f- the centre-backs. They've got three centre-backs now that are very, very talented. Justin Glad, young, fast, and, 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 and has a bright future. And Marcelo Silva and Adam Manawoja are two of the older guys that are, uh, are very good. In fact, Marcelo Silva played so well, Mike Petke hinted at maybe playing five back in the press conference.
1: Um, we might have to against Tigres. <laughs> it kind of depends. They <laughs> <So laughs> I ten back. <laughs> let's all just defend. Let's just build a wall in front of the goal, <laughs> and then flying V forward. They're re-
0: yeah no. Tigre's is really really. All right, let's move ahead. FC Dallas, gentlemen. What do you know? And uh, where do you want to head?
1: Um, I know that we're not we we're not great in in Texas, especially a, this time of year. Yeah. Um, last year or almost two years ago, we we called it a Texas Chainsaw Massacre because we lost two games in Texas by and. Like I think one game was five nothing and the other game was four nothing. It was it was horrible. Um, I'm not sure if that's the right score, but it it was we we it got beat, bad. we got beat pretty bad. Um, so for this game, I hope we're not too tired. I hope we're not too tired after the Tigres, Dallas hot weather. If Mike has been pushing his players too hard in training, I can only imagine what an extra game throughout the week does to his team. Right, Spinner, Dallas.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, records are there to be broken, right? You know, there's this poor record that we have down in in uh, Texas. We got a a tie down in Houston, um, start of the season. I um, thought we were the better team, but again, we weren't battling the hundred degrees plus plus the what forty five fifty percent humidity. Um, so this is this is going to be a different battle. Um, it's a team that's super close to us. You know, you win and you you leapfrog them. So it is a massive six-point swing uh, for, for RSL. Um, and they've got to start picking up a couple of results on the road. If they if they do win out, so to speak, at home at Rio Tinto Stadium, I still think they need to start picking up a, a couple more results. They've done okay. They had a, a half-decent performance, I thought, against San Jose and were unlucky not to, to grab a point in injury time and did very well on the road against Chicago. So uh, hopefully this is... Uh, a, a sign of things to come, but this is a really talented uh, team for, for Lucci Gonzalez.
0: There's bad blood between these two as well. My, and, and this bad blood has come recently, I would say. Um, it started, I think, with the Dominic Baggi, uh incident with Tony Beltran. Tony Beltran's been uh, sidelined ever since.
2: Dominic, I mean, he was at Colorado at the time, but yeah. he's not apologised. And so anytime you come up sure. against him, um, you know... I'd love love for Tony to be on the field and snap him. But there was... I didn't say that out loud, did I?
0: <laughs> yeah, you did, but that's all right. It was this. It was this preseason, if I'm not mistaken, where the two teams met down in Arizona, and I remember vividly a challenge being laid on Dominique Budge, and then a few words were said, and it wasn't from Tony; it was from somebody else uh, on the RSL team. Uh, but there was this this minor altercation, very small altercation in the middle of the pitch, where both teams kind of came together and and uh, well, if you're a good lip reader, that would be a good incident to go back and and try and figure out because they were um, they were letting Dominic budge by by the sounds of it. And the look of it uh, let let him know how they really felt. So, uh, Dominic Barge did start in their last game. I think it was a 2-0 win over Sporting Kansas City. He was a striker there. Now, that he's Dominic barge he's not their best player. Michael Barrios, the right winger. In my opinion, I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. He's their best player, and he's going to cause problems, much like Espinosa did for San Jose. Um, Uh, going up against the left back of RSL full back in my opinion pretty weak spot for RSL so uh, Michael Barrios gentlemen he is uh, well very very good feno would you like to talk about him
2: oh mitch mitch moved away from the mic i thought that he was gonna mitch give me doesn't
0: know as much as he'd like to know about Michael <laughs> barrios that's all that means
2: i mean there's there's a couple i mean santiago mosquera um you've got uh, jesus Ferreira, and uh, obviously barrios as you said they are absolutely uh the, the guys that that you want to uh attack in. um you know, and 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 you know, drawing down here, there's a lot of speed. They've always had a lot of speed in those attacking midfielder three, um, and a lot of guile. So yeah, that's those are the three that will stand out for me. Obviously, Reggie Cannon at right back, just coming back with from US Men's National, uh, team duty. A great young fullback, really tall, and and whoever goes up against him, whether that's uh, Joao Plata or uh, Corey Baird, or obviously um, what's uh, going
0: on with Corey Baird?
2: I don't know. What Be honest. Between? I just think he's having his uh second year slump to be honest with you. Uh, I think um you know I think he is a an attacking midfielder, a winger by trade, uh, but he made his name as a striker and I, I just don't think it's uh he's not been the go-to guy. He's not Are been the ga- game game so? game out. No, not yet. Not yet. I mean he's still young enough. I still think he's got enough talent. I mean, there's a reason he's been called up to the US men's national team. Uh, I think there's talent there. Um He's just not the go-to guy at the moment. Um, You know, he played through the middle. That's where he won um, MLS Rookie of the Season. Last year was playing as a number nine. And uh, Mike has, you know, purchased a forward in in Sam Johnson, who's done really, really well, plays differently than than Corey. And then we've decided to go on on occasion down the Demir Krylak route. Um, I just think he's tired. I think he's tired already. I think he needs a little bit of time off, Um, similar to how Brooks Lennon was treated when it wasn't quite going right at right-back, you didn't see him come off the bench all the time. Um, you know He, he rode, rode the, the bench for quite a while, and then he got off the bench and played very well in an attacking midfield role against uh, San Jose. And I think he's done really good the last two games that he's played right-back. Okay. I think you've seen the massive difference because he's had time to be coached and not be in the spotlight, and I think Corey needs a little bit of that as well.
0: Younger players are always going to experience ebbs and flows of form. Um, I, I think that's worth noting. It's rare, however, uh, and I hope I'm not being too harsh, but Corey Baird's been out of form all year. He really hasn't... I, there hasn't been one game where I've said, you know what, Corey Baird looked like the player we saw from last season. There really hasn't been a game where I've felt that way, and it's his final touch, in my opinion, that's let him down on a number of occasions, whether he's trying to finish one-on-one with the goalkeeper or whether he's trying to play a ball into the box to get the assist, but... He's uh his final touch has been has been rather disappointing and so uh yeah maybe it is too early to be concerned about the form of Corey Bear, but he's nothing like the player we saw a year ago and and uh you know, you'd you'd think, right, MLS rookie of the year, plane striker, Sam Johnson goes down and according to Mike Petke will be out six to eight weeks with a quad injury. We're what, two weeks into that now. So Corey Bear would be that replacement, but because his form's been so bad. He hasn't been able to get that nod. Demir Krylak's then pushed up top, and uh, he's done okay. Against Minnesota, he did nothing, um, which was disappointing. But I think that's a fascinating conversation. How does Mike Petke now handle the striking position uh, moving forward, especially while Sam Johnson's out? Because Demir Krylak can play it, but he can't play it with consistency, it seems. And Corey Baird's out of form, yet he won the MLS Rookie
1: of the Year playing the position a year ago. And he's doing great with with the national team. Like he had some great moments in the in the U.S. national team, so um, I think this is when a coach becomes a good coach. It's where they make their money. Yeah, this is where you need a coach that can step up and change, change what needs to be changed, and make certain players play better in different positions than they can. Um, I'm not sure if Mike can do that. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It, it's 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 a tough one.
0: So he was a, he was able to do it with Bofo Salcedo. Yeah,
1: well, Bofo is a is a is another story. I think Bofo. He's a freak of nature, like he he can do things that I have not seen other players do on our team, and um, I don't know. Bofo has this thing in him where he's just hungry all the time. From my perspective, I don't know what you think, Speno.
2: I think it comes down to confidence as well. I think that off-season chat that he had with Mike Pecky, Mike, he was asked, he was frustrated at the end of the season by by not getting more minutes, and and Mike sat him down and just told him what he needed to do, and he's worked on it. And he is he's he's a skillful player and he's willing to try it, and that's because it's all come from confidence, and I think that comes from your coach Mike Pecky. He's beaten out Joao Plata. Um, Corey Bed started there, you know, the first game of the season at, at left wing. He's beat out Corey Baird. It really is his own it's his position. I think there's been a drop off in him, um form wise, not alarmingly, um, but those explosive games that he had against Atlanta United and, and, and Toronto FC, um I think people have cottoned on a little bit more about him, but he is still the go to guy and he, he plays with such fire. You're right, he plays with fire in his belly, he's always pumped up and, and ready to go and ready to battle, you know, whoever it is. Um, you know i think i think he's a massive uh, bonus and a massive credit to the academy and to the, the staff down there of uh, what can be done with hard work and and coming to the academy in the first place i think it's been you know a testament all these young guys that are coming through playing playing really solid first team minutes but you're going to get this inconsistency while they're still young. You know, anything from twenty-one or twenty through twenty-one, or, or you know, late teens through through twenty-three or something like that. There's going to be inconsistent moments. You're starting to see that with Savarino. The last couple of years, we always knew there was massive talent there, and it would come in flashes. And he was the most fouled player last year in Major League Soccer. It's, there was a reason. It's this season, though, that we're starting to see. Uh, I understand why why uh, Newcastle United and West Ham United and, and Sporting Lisbon have been sending scouts over to watch him. It's because he's putting it together. I mean, he's he's striking the ball cleaner. Everything just seems so much better for Savarino. And I think that'll happen in the next little while for players like Justin Glad, Brooks Lennon, uh, Corey Baird and, and Bofo Sarcedo.
0: So, something that needs to be added to uh, to what you guys were talking about there. Uh, Corey Baird, who hasn't been informed this season, and and Bofo Salcedo, who has been, but there has been a drop-off, I'd agree with you, Despenna, is these guys, for the first time in their careers, right, they're towards the top of the scouting report for other teams. So when you turn the film on, you know, now there are these teams that are like, right, if we want to beat RSL, we're probably going to have to shut down Bofo Salcedo, who scored a brace against whoever last week and was really the difference maker, you know, you start to show glimpses of brilliance as a young player, then you have to then expect, and have a plan B to counter whatever the, the, the opposing team throws at you, and uh, it was interesting against Minnesota United, whenever Jefferson Savarino had the ball, I mean, there were two or three Minnesota players that would run Right at him and almost double or triple team him. They were that concerned. Obviously, another player that's been in in great uh, touch and form for RSL as of late. So, so, the the better you play, you know, the more the more attraction the other team will put towards you in the training prior to the game. And that's just something that you know when you when you look at the likes of Albert Ruznak. Albert Ruznak's probably the number one guy that other teams scout week in and week out. Yet he puts in. Shift after shift after shift. He's arguably, and he wasn't over the weekend, granted, against Minnesota, but more often than not, he is uh, he, he is in contention for Man of the Match Honours for RSO. It just puts into perspective, I think, how impressive that is, to be able to go week in and week out, putting in uh, really impressive performances, despite being atop the uh, the scouting report, um, is a credit to Albert, and, and Demir, for that matter. Everton Louise is somebody that's played superb all season long, he's got to be up there as well, so for Corey Baird and and Bofo Siseido currently, it's one of those things where they are going to have to uh, come up with a plan B and hopefully Mike Petke can help him out with that but we must get, jeez that's loud again isn't it, oh it's not too bad let's turn it down though, Uh, our predictions I know, this is
2: now we're doing Predictions for scores for both games and scorers and bookings. What are we doing? What are we we're, doing?
0: We're going, all right. Yeah, great question, Spendor. Great question. Okay. We should have
2: talked about this off air, but let's do it on air because yeah, it's so much it more fun. Yeah, let's Makes
0: for great podcasting. Um, let's start with the Wednesday night fixture. Boy, that's loud in my ear.
2: Say that again. Sorry, I was, I was completely spaced out. Mitch was talking while you were talking. So inconsiderate. Let's, I'm not inviting him back again. Even if it is his second tongue.
0: Second time, is it?
2: Second tongue.
0: Oh, right. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> uh, let's go with the Wednesday night fixture first. So Let's, let's do Wednesday. Go- Wednesday. And we'll go with... Um, boy, I'm excited about this. Uh, we'll go with uh, score predictions for Wednesday night and then throw in who you think is going to get yellow carded, Mitchell.
1: All right. Um, Score prediction for Wednesday. I, I'm i going to disappoint a lot of people. I think 3-0 for Tigres. Oh, my word. Yeah. Um, I think Everton, if he's playing, is gonna get the first yellow. Three uh, nothing Everton with the yellow. Yeah.
0: Spenner? Hold on, hold on, hold on. The the, the music just run out.
2: I'll do it again. Start it up again. Yeah, no, we're on. Go. Okay. Uh I'm gonna go with the loss as well. Two one. I'm gonna go two one to Tigres. Grace. Um I do believe that um uh, Aaron Herrera will be back in the uh, the starting eleven, and he will uh, chop someone down. <laughs> he's been flying around, lately. mate. He can tackle. That kid can tackle. And he's he's a great. He's a bowler fast. as well. Sleepy fast. Oh, mate, he's he's got some great recovery pace. Yeah. I, I I always feel much better. I feel much better when he's playing left back. No, don't, no disrespect to uh, Donny because I think his delivery is very good because he's left footed and I think it works better. But when you are looking at what you know, when you are caught upfield, I think Aaron's great.
0: So 2-1, Aaron with yellow. Yeah. Right. I'm going to go
2: 2-0. Loss.
1: Now I feel not as bad.
0: But, like, okay, but we've got to talk about this. You can't predict... Uh, Matt Gash would predict a win. Let's just go ahead and say it. But he works for the club. So if he were to predict the loss, like his job's on the line, you know, DLH, Deloitte Hanson, he'd be like, hey, Maddie, like you're not bought in, are you? Smell you later. Old man, young man. Sorry, Matt. Uh, but, no, you can't... Oh. They, Old. Not as old. They as you. were horrible against Minnesota. They were horrible. So you can't predict a win. And this is a top quality team. So I'm going to go 2 nothing. And uh, I actually think Demir is going to get yellow. All the music stopped again. Hold on. Right, we're back. And, uh, yeah, Demir Krylak never gets yellow card. Well, he actually kind of does.
1: Yeah, he, he got a red card.
0: He's got a red card under his name. He makes these dopey challenges, doesn't he? From behind, where he hacks at the heels of. Teams and occasionally the studs are shown and in that case it's just not uh well it's yeah, it's certainly a yellow. But uh, anyway, all right now moving on. Mitchell. Um I'm calling you Mitchell on this podcast. Yeah, this is a, weird. It's, it's very it's a, a serious yeah. conversation. No, this is, I,
1: I'm I'm super under pressure on this one. Okay,
0: so FC Dallas. Yeah. Score prediction in yellow cards.
1: Hmm, let's see. Um two one Dallas. Oh my word. <laughs> Yellow card, Justin
0: Glad. Okay, he's got two defenders. That's that's, uh, that's safe. Uh, Mitch, I mean uh, Spino, sorry. That's a compliment, Uh, by the way. If you look like Mitch, you'd be much better looking.
2: Wow. (laughs) Thanks for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dude, I I just can't say what I was going to say. Just like the thought (laughs) popped in my head. But yeah, no, we're not going to do that because Tanya will, will tell me off. She won't have it.
0: yeah, and yeah. I don't know how to delete anything.
2: Yeah, so we we have done very well. There's oh, been so. no bleeps. No. no is no, the music no. still going though because I can't hear the music?
0: No, the mu- uh, music's stopping. Stop. So let me play it again. Hold on. Yeah, Wars. put it on. Uh, well, yeah, all right. Let's do that. It's on. We're boy- all right, good. FC
2: Dallas 1-1. One, one. Um I think we get a tie on the road. I'm very excited about that.
0: Okay, but before you play your um before you say yellow card, I, I should have probably done this the whole time, but Yellow
1: card. Who's seeing
0: very nice. That's uh, and back to the uh, music. Carry on. Yellow card. I just played the bumper for the yellow.
2: Oh yeah, that really smooth. Um, uh, Brooks Landham. Brooksy. Yeah. He'll yeah. say something. He won't do anything bad. He might. He might do a jersey pull. You know, he a tactical jersey foul. Jersey pull against Minnesota. Yeah. Or, or he'll say something. He gets fired up. I like. I like Brooksy.
0: He does. He's got an attitude to him. Uh, I'm gonna go three-one uh, RSL win. In the heat, don't ask me why. I just think the boys are going to uh, get up and about. They'll get probably throttled by uh, two grays on uh, Wednesday night. Coming off a very disappointing 1-1 draw with Minnesota. So they'll have uh, their uh, tails up, hoping to rebound and, and get back into form. But, uh, yeah, three. I said 3-1, did I? Or 3-0, I don't know, whatever I said, 3-1, I think. Uh, and then the yellow card is probably going to be Carl Beckerman, uh, because he hasn't been said yet, and he is a feisty type as well. He gets, uh, well, he flirts with his luck, I think. You know, he'll do. He'll have like four or five challenges where he doesn't receive yellow, and then the sixth one he'll get it, whereas Brooks Lennon will have one, and he'll see yellow straight away, probably because of the mouthing off.
2: It's because Carl's the captain. And he talks to the referee constantly. I think he, he's able to talk himself out of bookings. You think he smooth talks and pride of the game? No, it's more like he sets the standard of, of what he wants to say to the referee and how he wants to communicate, and the ref's like, oh, okay, yeah, this is where it's going to go. Right. And then he gives him a little bit of leeway. Right.
1: You, you can kind of tell from the start if Kyle's going to get a yellow or not. It yeah. all depends on the, on the ref. I agree. The first... Like, within the first 10 minutes, you can tell if Kyle's going to
0: catch What type of attitude Kyle's running with today. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, As always, catch Royals, Monarchs, and RSL on kslsports.com, rsl.com, and the KSL TV app, found wherever you download your apps. worth noting that uh, you will not be able to catch the Wednesday night fixture against Tigres for the Leagues Cup on kslsports.com, rsl.com, or the KSL TV app, because... It's uh, it's the league's cup. It's not major league soccer, so don't blame us. Blame them. Uh, Mitch, we uh, greatly appreciate you, my friend.
1: Yeah, thanks for the invite. Um, I had to skip work, but that's okay. Well great excuse! Yeah, no, blame it on it me. Is. You know, I I do have someone in my office who absolutely loves you, so is yeah.
0: uh, is that person your boss? She's not. Mm.
1: But she's good friends with my boss, so that that helps.
0: Okay, so it has to help somewhere. Yeah. Well, yeah, just blame it on me. I'll take the blame. I don't mind. Uh, RSL show. Uh, the podcast, the RSL show, I should say, yeah. found wherever you get your podcast. And what, what, I guess I probably should have asked you this right off the bat, well, what do people need to know about the RSL show to kind of lure them in? Because it's a much better show than what we're doing here.
1: Uh, you guys are more professional. We don't have a fancy soundboard and intro music. Well, we do kind of intro music here and there. But um, what do you need to know about us? We are f- four friends who love the game, who met through playing soccer besides Andy I'm I met Andy at in high school um we just have fun and we're honest we're very honest yes, we're not very PG 13 no swear um, words um we've been working on trying to cut swear words um, so if you if you're a, a parent and you listen to podcasts in the car you got
0: kids there just be known that uh,
1: but we add, we add a little sorry bill in it if a, a sorry bill is, okay. is, is is the OGs know what a sorry bill is um but, yeah, no, we're just having fun um, watching soccer and talking soccer.
0: That's cool. RSL Show, find wherever you get your podcasts. Benno, uh Mitch, and uh, and myself, we say, uh, well, so long and goodbye, and uh, we'll speak to you next week, I think, depending on who shows up. Beno's probably over it by now. Goodbye. <laughs>